Hello and welcome to Layback with Betfair. My name is Nick Foote, your host for today. We've had a tricky preparation so far. We've had a week off here and there, but we are back from the bull when Tom Haylock joins me and Reese Goodwin, the Prince of Pakenham. Start off with you, Tommy. Welcome, mate. How are you going? Great to be back. Yeah, week off last week thanks to the ball. It was a good carnival. It was cold and wet and um, sunny outside today, which is a nice change because the last week's been awful. You were down there. You popped your head in. Um, didn't come to the Betfair function. Thank you. No. Well, I thought I'd better behave myself. You did uh, well. I had a, a long week. I was up and back more than a couple of times. So how was that drive from Packingham? Oh, how do you reckon, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't great. Even if it had a winner, so I wouldn't have been great. You had two return trips. Yeah, I went down on the Tuesday with one. Had to go back. Hard worker, you know. Had to work the next morning, and then Thursday I had a runner and went up and back too. So. Didn't want to stay. No, I wanted to stay. Yeah, yeah, I did want to, but couldn't unfortunately. Um, and the horses didn't have much luck either, so it was uh, a week to forget it. Warnable. But good to be back here, boys. Great I, to be call, back. I called you Tuesday morning and said, how's your horse going to go? And he oh. said, I'm not driving all this way to run second. <laughs> he was right, because <laughs> I ran last. <laughs> I, wasn't running, I wasn't going there to run second, I ran last. Fair <laughs> call. Hey, we always touched on last week as well on this show. We didn't, obviously didn't have a show last week, but Reese would be remiss of us if we didn't touch on the punting performance um, from... Yourself and I the week before. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was, would be rude not to it bring was yourself. some serious statistics. Now, Tom mm. always brings in the profit on turnover and the strike rate. You we're didn't have, well. did you put that together two, from two weeks ago? Or we're, an article. we're doing well. I like that. <laughs> we're holding our bell well, into in, the bargain. In April, we've done the stats for layback with Betfair in April. We're actually up 30% profit on turnover oh, for the specials. So okay. there you go. So so that includes to... me. Earlier in the oh, month, not right. just okay. the one I'm That's why we so. had to go monthly. But we you carried the team yeah. fortnight ago. Well I done. think my 400% profit on turnover <laughs> must have boosted us from two weeks ago as mm. well. Um, boys, time to get into the lay bin. Enough talking about ourselves, uh, where we just get a chance to come off the long run, put things in the bin we're not happy with. Uh, Tommy, you're usually pretty, um, you've usually got about five or six things to address in this segment. What's, uh, what is in the lay bin for you today? Well, AFL. Um, probably week to week in the lay bin. I could mention about 18 things that happened during the week uh, about the AFL, but my main gripe, double headers Friday night. We don't need them. Mm. We've got two games on a Friday night. Why? What, like, have a game on Thursday night. They work well. Yeah. Love getting home from work on a Thursday, <coughs> watching the footy. We don't need two games on a Friday night. Also, what, we have clashes on Sunday. Jared Waitley mentioned this on SEM. We don't need clashes on Sunday either. We've got enough time, enough spaces Across various time zones, just run the games back to back. Don't need them clashing. We don't need this half an hour in quarter one and quarter four in the other game. Just that's my grow up for this week. Mm. You don't. You're not going to stay up and see the end of the West Coast Gold Coast game with the eight forty start <coughs> on Friday night. It I, is a late start, isn't it? I'll be fast asleep. Yeah. I don't think anyone will be watching that. To be I fair, I struggle to make the seven fifty start. You might get four. <laughs> you might get four people watching West Coast Gold Coast. Yeah, and you'd be happy with that too. You'd take that. <laughs> well. There we go. Reese, uh, Tommy is always coming at my uh, other employer, so I've got to be very careful how I dance around that. Um, I Reece, do it for fun. Yeah, I, just like I, I can the see. I'm poking the bear on you. The, the bear will explode one day. Uh, Reece, I do have one. I'm yeah. going to surprise you, boys. No. And, no, I do. And it's the one we spoke about, I think it was yesterday, deductions. Good, yes. Um, seriously, Labian, it doesn't help that I don't understand it all. But um, just confusing, like... <laughs> You know, I had one in that I was looking at possibly having something each way. Thank God I didn't because it didn't run a place anyway or win. Um, but, yeah, just weighing up your options, whether, you know, the favourite's going to run or not, particularly if it's emergency, it's just a, a head head doer for me. Mm. Um, and he can get them in deductions. He, he's messaging me weekly at the yeah. moment. 
what yeah. do I back this now? Do I wait? What are the deductions going to be? Like, yep. And as it yeah. works out, he hasn't helped me once, so I'd probably stop doing that. <laughs> well, generally, yeah. the horses you're tipping have to run a place for you. To I wasn't tipping. I was just asking. Or backing. Yeah, my <laughs> math skills aren't fantastic either, and I, I I get the calculator out, and I'm timesing 0.12 and all that oh. as well, mate. So not my strong suit. I'd usually pile in and mm. get stuck into you about that, but I'm, I'm with you, Reese. Um, boys, for Labian, for me, this week is just airport security. Um, now... I love security and I understand why it's there. But you would as an umpire. Can we just get on the can we just get on the same page Australia wide? Like you go oh, through one airport yeah, no, this and is, it's this is good. devices out, mm. iPad in, aerosol out. You yep. go to another airport and they jump down your throat to leave everything in your bag yep. like you've never been to an airport before and we're just not on the same page in any state in Australia. I think that's, so, a, that's racing as well. There needs to be. <laughs> <Actually, laughs> <run by laughs> <racing state. laughs> airports has got the uh, airport <laughs> exactly, security yeah, under must. control. So oh, I just think there needs to be a, a security convention of some sort perhaps and just get on the same page, put the same devices that's in. That's a very good one. Like let that. me leave my aerosols and devices in the bag, boys. Just on that, airports are a walking labian. Like everything, you just <laughs> a walking just labian. <laughs> How good is that? You just <laughs> rock up airports. People are rude. Yeah, service is awful. Security, yeah. like just people. If you are want rude. to find a labian if you need to get travelling. <laughs> people are rude. Because, people are rude because of the security, probably. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'd rather, upset. I'd rather the fifty-minute flight than the double return trip to the bull. Still though, to <laughs> yeah, be correct. honest, Tom. Um, <laughs> hey. Enough fun there because we've got so much racing to get through today. We're going to preview races across four different tracks today. We've got the SA Derby. We've got the Doombin 10,000 up there in Queensland. Andrew Ramsden Day at Flemington. We also have a really nice black type card there at Scone to go through, boys. And we'll kick things off at Doombin. We'll head up there for Group 1 racing. Obviously, the 10,000 is the feature. Uh, Tommy, in terms of weather and track conditions, it looks like the rail is going to be true. It's currently a soft five is it going to race in the good range uh it's really interesting because the pattern dictated to by the showers and there's zero to three millimeters forecast thursday friday i think zero to five on the saturday now if we get the upper end of all that they might be off fence if it doesn't rain at all i reckon it'll be hard fence on speed so um really tricky knowing queensland it could be a downpour and you could end up with 15 mil but uh yeah it's I've just done the track to be fair, and mm. we'll just monitor during during the day and, and see how much rain falls. And the pattern's going to be really interesting too, and we'll talk about that as the as the show develops. Just around, there's some real key chances on the tight turning track of Doombin. It'll be really good to unpack <coughs> some of those and, and how that might unfold throughout the day. But we'll start in race number five, which is the Group Two Spirit of Boom Classic for the two year olds over twelve hundred and. It's formerly known as the Champagne Classic, and it was renamed the Spirit of Boom Classic in 2021, which was <coughs> fittingly won that year by Prince of Boom for Rob Heathcote. So um, looking at this race, Tommy, how do you see this unfolding, and are we going get, to be getting involved with the juveniles? Uh, we're not. I, I'm not keen on this race at all. Metallic Ruler looks the leader. Sovereign Fund can roll forward, and then you got the King and Aspen Girl probably sitting and, and finding really nice runs. Uh, Thunder Lips and Ducasse come through that high rating race won by Dipsy Doodle, who runs mm. in Sydney at Scone. Uh, Dipsy Doodle fought on well, probably had favours there uh, with the race fitness on the side. Uh, Thunder Lips, Ducasse filled the placings. Ducasse, probably the run of the race, found the line really nicely. Fastest, eight, six, and four. Probably more suited than Thunder Lips up to the 1,200 metres. Mm -hmm. um, Armed Forces comes through the same race, was beaten a long way. 
McDonald on, so that's a big positive there. And Sovereign Fund drops three and a half kilos from that race. That looks the race, but I just—it's oh, just a messy race for me. So I've, I'm not keen to play. Yep. Um, what about you, race? Yeah, yeah. I actually am because I'm going to go away from all that form. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go right at the top. Empire of Japan, who's also sort of watched for a little while. And it's interesting that Zach rode him um, a couple of times. I thought maybe he might have liked the horse at some stage too when he was flying in and out. So if you got Cylinder form, Shinzo form, I think you can measure up in something <coughs> like this. You'd probably argue that he's been up for some time, two-year-old, but you just back this camp in. They very rarely get it wrong. Um, Snowden's to send a horse up to Queensland. Um, Sovereign Front will go forward. That's a stable, mate. I think being a 300k two-year-old race, I think they will be high pressure here, um, and it could be a little bit messy, and there might be a few that overdo it. There'll be a few that will want to push forward from a wide draw, not be far away at Doom, but, and this might just play into this horse's hands. Um, so I thought he's probably got the strongest form um, form lines, and if he's hold up, held up as a two-year-old later into the season with a fair bit of racing, I think he can run really well. I found it hard to line up the Queenslanders. I think you're making yeah. a case for a Queenslander. Yeah, I am, and I'm going to have a bit of a two-bet play and, 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 go with, and go with the local form. And, and I can back both to, to come out a winner as well. I'm going to be with App and Girl. That's the first one there for the O'Day Hoisted team. Um, last start winner at listed level has drawn plum in one, and that speed you spoke of, Reese. I, I think Boris Thornton can sit box seat mm. if he wants to let him go, let him go and get a really yep. um, nice economic run in transit. And uh, if App and Girl, she improves off those first two starts, she's going to be mighty hard to beat. She's run a couple of good figures, Tommy, as you'd know. Uh, and then Sovereign Fund, that's the other horse I want to be with. The only galloper in the fields have actually um, run and won at Doombin. So has um, won very well at this track and trip second up in the past and I think can uh, improve off that first up run. So that's how I'm going to play uh, the Spirit of Boom Classic, boys. And, uh, yeah, Tommy, you're staying if, out. And Reese, you got a little play as well. And Porridge Band. If Dipsy Doodle comes out and <clears throat> wins comfortably, do you reassess? It's a good call. It's, a, it's, it's something you have to do mm. betting on mm. the fly. I think, um, yeah, I think being like at race five as well, Looking at the pattern of the race, I probably we'll know a bit more by then. yeah we'll know a little bit more by then. So it is a good call. You've always got to be flexible, I think, as the day goes on with your betting, which is very hard when we sit here on a Thursday <laughs> and have to throw to some darts, Tommy. That's right. Uh, race number six is the Group Three Chairman's Handicap over two thousand meters. Yonkers won it last year, warning in twenty twenty one, and Le Juge went back to back in nineteen and twenty. Uh, Tommy, you've got Nerve Not Verve from out wide here, Wild Chap, Cepheus, uh, and Yonkers, again, uh, looks to be the key speed influences. Is that how you're seeing it? And uh, you may have a little bit of a vested interest in this one with uh, with Yaffet. Oh, no huge vested interest, mate. I'm just, just uh, interested in the race. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a Steve yeah. Smith shouldering <laughs> of huge, arms. Not huge, but still some. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on the fence more, Tom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nerve Not Verve is an interesting map. I found it really tricky. The mm. few horses rising to the 2000, there's come so a couple coming sharply back in trip, never not verve back from 3200, and they draw wide. So Josh Parr's just going to have to press on, isn't he? I think so from out there. You've got Wild Chap looks the leader and the horse with the most speed, and then you've got Cepheus. Southern Stock has speed drawn wide, Ner verve not verve, whether he's quick enough to cross mm. 2000 metres. is approximately 275-metre <coughs> run of the first turn as well, so there's a little bit of time for... For verve, nerve, not verve to cross. You've got Calipore, who maps okay, even though drawn 13. And then you've got Yonkers, who looks the map horse, um, probably just carts in behind Wild Chap and um, lets the others cross and, and do what they do. Really interesting map and uh, really interesting race race. Yeah, look, I'm 
I don't know how he's this price, John, because I see he's opened up 13s and he's already sort of $8.850. He is terrific value. I mean, he won the race last year on a soft seven, so he doesn't mind a bit of sting out of the ground. J-Mac takes a ride. Um, what have we got here? I'm just having a quick look. He was, uh, after that run, he was narrowly, he was three lengths in the Dooman Cup and then he was 1.9 behind your Mary and um, that formed his ties in terrific in this race. Um, you back the camp for having him right for this race again. You could probably argue he's not going as well this year, um, but those two runs are at 1,600. He gets back up to 2,000. Um, he should get the right run in the race, and at that price, I think you'd be mad not to be having a, a one-by-three play there. I like it. I'm going to be really honest here, boys. I just do not have an opinion on this race, mm. staying out from a back and a lay perspective. Uh yeah, I, I can see why you like Yonkers, and that's fair enough at the price. He's, I think he won over this distance in a Group 3, third up last campaign as yeah. well. So the pattern's there, and the pattern's huge for Chris Waller mm. camp. Uh, I just, like, Cepheus comes through that same race. June 45 <coughs> ties that form line in with Calipor and Red Wave, and Calipor smashed um, June 45 last start, like annihilated him in running second at a short price. Um so Calipore Red Wave, June 45, comes through that uh, field of four at Eagle Farm last start. Calipore started, started short price favourite. They walked there in the small field, just couldn't pick up the leader. I, I like the run. I think he's the, the play. Yaf, it's a horse of interest. You mentioned Yaf. Um, not huge, though. <coughs> not huge. Not interest, huge no, interest, just a bit. Just a little bit. Um, he's, he's going okay. He's been in some, some strong races. Last start, he's drawn wide his last couple. He's had to go back. Draws one, hopefully can settle a, a pair closer. He ran the fastest eight to the six to the four last start at Mornington and then just did too much to get in the race. Um, he's fit, he's a nice horse. Barrier one makes his task incredibly tough. Um, I love the booking of Tyler Schiller, but he'll be trying to get off the fence at every possible chance, I would have thought. Mm -hmm. Trying to blend it in the race at the 800. These starting points and the 2,000 metres at Doom and they can get going at the 800. So interesting to see what happens there. I'm with Calipore. I just think that June 45 form line, that reference ties in perfectly for Calipore. I think he's clearly the horse to beat and I'm happy to have him on top. Beautiful. Let's head to race eight now, which is the Group 1 Doombin 10,000 weight for age, 1,200 metres. And look, it's all about the favourite here, boys, isn't it, in Giga Kick. Last start, Group 1 winner, over 1,400 in the all-age stakes. Um, Tommy, you've said on numerous occasions that he's the best horse in Australia, so I'm only assuming that you're going to be with him in this race. And I, I think the point uh, the discussion that I'd like is what price do you have him marked and, um, you know, wh what are you prepared to dive in at? And then the other variable here is how does he handle the Doombin track? Because a lot of the speed in this race is drawn outside. So does Giga Kick get buried away on the fence? And even if you're the best horse, if you're buried away back on the fence, it's pretty hard to win at this track. Yeah, all good points. There is a lot of speed. Eduardo comes out. Um, Joe Pride mentioned this morning that he's out. Uh, I just thought the map was awful for Eduardo. So that takes a bit of the speed mm -hmm. out and probably surprisingly or interestingly enough, probably hurts the chances of Giga Kick mm. the favourite. Mm. You get a, a horse that's pressure. somewhat, a, obviously a very good horse on his day, Eduardo, but he's he's coming out to actually hurt Giga Kick. So that's interesting. Overpass rolls forward for barrier 10. Prince of Boom kicks up. We own a smart one, has speed. Uh, Centrefire also has speed. Volana's the map horse. I think... Uh, Giga Kick can settle outside our <coughs> cabin. Mm -hmm. uh, just worse than midfield. I think the map's perfect for him. I would have liked Eduardo in the race. I think if there's a bit of rain around and they can actually blend into the race from out there, it's game over. Mm -hmm. I think he wins. I think he's the best horse in the race. I think 28 days, four weeks between 
14 to 12 suits him fine with a high pressure race and I think he'll win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, I certainly don't want to go against him. You, so, like, if, if it is a pretty dynamite inside leaders track, you know, are you concerned about that and do you think he's good enough to overcome that? Like, if he's going to get it buried away, is he better off just trying to ride the fence or... It's just going to have to see how the day pans out, I guess. I don't think he'll get buried away. I mm-hmm. think um, they'll, keep, they'll keep him off the fence from four. Yep. There's yep. a few that are inside that, uh, like like Af Cabin is drawn yep. inside, that can keep him off the fence. Interesting point about this is the problem with with bias tracks. Mm. Come race eight, everyone will know it's inside fence leader bias, yep. right? Jockeys will overdo it. Everyone tries to mm. find that position, mm. and it ends up can almost being, turn the other way. It can turn mm. the other way. So um, you just got to monitor. That's the trick with these yep. on speed races and bias tracks. Everyone says it should be easy to find the find the winner then, but then you got to back in the jockeys. Jockeys to start not pouring the pressure over, on and they'll There's an overcorrection. Yeah. We saw it at the valley. Um, there was one season yeah. we saw it at the valley a lot, just pretty much every meet, just overcorrection and yeah. cutting each other up. I, I just want to talk about half cabin quickly. I, I think half cabin's the most interesting runner mm. of the entire weekend for mine. So the mile trial's over for yeah. for the cabin. Yep. Like let's be honest. Um, looks as though that Godolphin and James Cummings are keen to, to make this guy their genuine sprinter now. So can't wait to see how he matches up in a group one weight for age sprint. And there's a potential Everest spot on the line for, for him, I'd, I'd say. I from think his, he has to be there Everest horse. Yeah. Yep. So I just think he's the most interesting runner. I'm going to stay out from a betting perspective in this one. Um, Giga kick's too short for me to get involved. Just with Af Cabin, like, oh, I'm big Godolphin fresh, and I talk about this a lot. I think they're a massive stable first and second up, even third up. When you get fourth and fifth up and deeper into their campaigns, I tend to jump off and they're not as profitable. Yeah. Um, I'm actually – so I'm going to have something, one by three, a case of you, who I think is absolutely flying for the price um, and Kent stable. He was probably in restricted room, got out late in the William Reed and hit the line really good behind Imperatrice. Mm. which I think is good enough form for something like this. Yes, your giga kick you find hard to beat. And then he was great the other day at Eagle Farm when he eventually got to the outside. He, he really flew late, um, beaten under two lengths behind Rothfire. Um, I just think at the price, he's probably ridiculous. So you probably, I guess you wouldn't be having something on the win, maybe just go to the place. But I think he's terrific value at about <coughs> 41s. You probably get 51s bet fair. If they do overdo it up front. That's right. And also I was, yeah. I was hoping Eduardo was in also because then that was more pressure. So yeah. it probably hurts him as well as Giga Kick. But I actually want to lay aft cabin. Mm. Um, I don't think he's good enough at, at all against these top liners um, over this trip. I know he's probably more a 1,200-meter horse, but... Wee Nessie, uh, she would be 300 to 1 in a race like this. She got beaten mares grade in Adelaide um, last weekend. So he's really going to have to step up. Obviously, you've got to respect him because it's J-Mac, Godolphin. He's drawn well. He's going to be somewhere near Giga Kick in the run, but I just don't, don't think... Don't say you have to respect him now. You just potted him and laid him, mate. Don't, <laughs> call I him respect... I understand why he's in the market, but I think he's terribly, terribly short, and he should be probably closer to double figures. So I happy to lay him. Some good points. I love that you're going with the uh, French sprinting form of the mm, case of yeah, you, which is yeah. very rare at a group one way for age here, but I love it. First for everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> good luck. I'll never pot a bloke for taking 30s or, you know, plus <laughs> yeah, about right, a horse. Yeah. Uh, we find those winners too. Hey, let's head over to Morfittville now and we're going to preview a couple of races there and the first one we're going to look at is the group one south australian derby 2500 meters and uh boys it's a it's a quite an open type of field here so um in terms of the betting you've got she's fit who's your sort of five dollar favorite after her second in the oaks to a fair receive and 
Loco comes through the Group 3 chairmans. Uh, Ollie pushed the button pretty early on uh, Loco in that race, and Oof, Red Sun Sensation was too strong, too late for us, Reese. Um, Promises Kept is an interesting runner too. Formerly with Greg Urell, has switched stables to Mar Eustace, first up in a Group 1, um, which you don't often see. And Suzero, who's seven bucks, rock hard fit, gets a huge boost with the booking of uh, Opie Bosson too, mm. who was inducted into the New Zealand Hall of Fame this week. So we'd need a good ride. We'd need a Hall of Fame ride from 20, I'd say. So, Tommy, how are you looking at it from a map point of view and how are you going to play the race? Uh, Captain Pluto, the obvious leader from Swazero. I think they're the only speed. There is a few that are in behind, a few drawn wide. Samuel Longhorn, one of those. Um, Got to be Savvy's, another one that's drawn double figures that could roll forward. Um <coughs> I won Philly against 19 Colts. She's fit. Yeah. Uh, you don't see that very yep. often. Uh, she was brilliant in the Oaks. She's the ultimate different form. She mm. ran the fastest um, final 200 metres that race. I loved her final 50. Ultimate DF. Um, she's run well over the 2,400 metres in the past. She looks a very nice horse. Uh, she either wins or she doesn't me- measure up, mm. but at the $5, she's just a bet for me. I'm happy to take that risk. Mm-hmm. Like She could come out and win easy and just be like, well, she's the ultimate different form. She could be the most aptly named horse running this weekend as well after Charettes. her preparation thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so I'm having something her. She's fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers number 16. Marin Eustace in group ones in the last three and a half years, guys, uh, under $15. So when they're in the market, they're struggling at 14.8%. And 15.16 profit on turnover. So they uh, know are flying. Mm. They won the Sangster last week. They won the Uclays. Uh, they had a double there. They had two at Sandown as well. They just do what they do. Um, hard to knock them here. I want to have something promises kept as well, airborne, bringing different form and class. I'm against the natural lead up here, as you can see. And I want to spec A.E. Grand as well for the same stable. Um, Osipenko for Osipenko will be short here. Mm. Uh, that could be big enough and he's a big price. So I'm backing number 16, She's Fit. Backing number nine, Promises Kept. And a small bet at a big price, Ain't She Kept. Tommy, three play. I like that. And uh, Reese, you're? Yeah, look, I'm keen on her too. She's yeah. fit. Um, she cost herself last week. Was it last week? Yes. Two no, weeks, two weeks ago. Sorry, yeah. two weeks ago. She laid in and Willow had to correct her a couple of times. It wasn't significant, but she went down a very small margin in the end. Um, she's going to lap up 2,500. Her form over 24 in WA was probably her best form. Chris Parnham gets back on, and he knows her really well. Obviously, uh, Willow's going to ride Giga Kick. Um, she's going to be back on the run. You know what they're going to do. They're going to take off at some stage, and hopefully she just gets the right drag into it. The track should play like it has been, and they get away from the fence. Um, so I'm with Tommy there. Great, great price for someone, something like her. Um, the two I want to keep in the back of my mind are Dunkel and Promises Kept. I think both of these have been... This is what they've actually targeted for. Mm-hmm. Mar and Aussie Curve obviously brought Promise Kept for big money off that St. Ledger trial at Bendigo. They've just waited for him. There's no doubt they're going to have him fit enough for this. Zara gets the ride. And then Dunkel, I think he's the forgotten one. He hasn't been seen since the Alex de Clark, where he's probably a bit disappointing, but things probably didn't go well back at Mooney Valley that day. Bankmore was up on speed. And before that, he looked a really progressive horse. And again, I think he's a horse that's been set aside, uh, not been put out for a break, but ticked over and really set for something like this. And I'd back both Payne and uh, the Mar and Eustace boys to have these two peaking for a group one. Yep. Um, boys, this could be an ultimate first year because I'm with She's Fit too, which means mm. we're all backing the same. Mm. It can't get The beat, same horse here, the only filly in the field. Yeah, <laughs> she she is going to eat up 2,500, mm. I think. And yeah, I love the point you made about Chris Parnham yep. popping back on as well. Um, he must know no, how well she goes No to. knock on Willow, let's no, be honest. No, but yeah. it's that relationship, the win in the WA Oaks, yep. that matters for me. Yep. 
The other one I'm going to get on, and this is a this um, leads on from your chat around the Mar and Eustace success, is I'm actually going to be backing high approach as well, just a small each way, um, in the care of Dan O'Sullivan while Archie Alexander serving his suspension. Was a touch unlucky in the ATC derby on the heavy uh, heavy nine at Ramwick. He's fit. He's by Highland Real. Get the trip. But John Allen. He is Johnny. He, he is Morfittville. Mm. I think the grass is made of four leaf clovers or something over there. <laughs> in, his, a statue of him. in his past eleven Group One rides at Morfittville, he's won five, placed in two. He has a winning strike rate of forty five percent, an average price of seven seventy, and a two hundred and fifty percent profit mm. on turnover. Like, he is Morfittville. So um, four of those wins, two have come in this race. So he's mm. going for his mm. fifth SA Derby. Yeah. It's actually phenomenal. So he rides high approach here. You know, he's getting around 20 bucks, I think, you get on the fair. So, um, you know, I'm happy to play with those stats, lads. Uh, let's head to race number eight now, which is the listed Adelaide Guineas for the three-year-olds over the mile. Uh, Elation burst onto the scene last year, winning this race. Um, Has he been sighted since? Yeah, well, a bit disappointing. And a few excuses as well, Race, so I wouldn't be laying in on that. Uh, <laughs> um, Rabtat, Weinbaron, look like uh, the likely runners here that will push forward, Tommy, and inject themselves in the race early. The race favourite, Lethal Thoughts, has a nice map from one to kick up and hold a spot. I assume Lethal Thoughts is going to this race. I noticed it was dual nommed at Flemington. Uh, I'll just double check that. But how are you seeing the race, Tom? Yeah, Floral Oasis is the other one that uh, led its last couple as well. She's a, a filly with speed. Not a race I'm keen to play in. I'm specking number seven, Rabtat, at a huge price here. Uh, just... Brings completely weird form. He's got huge upside. He won on debut. Um, the third horse, Sir Kingsford, actually ran in the Port Adelaide Guineas um, at his next start and crossed the line alongside Pearl Adios mm -hmm. at a huge price. I think he went around 100 runs, but he franked the form to a degree around for Pearl Adios, who's $10 here. Rabtat's huge price. So that ties in positively for Rabtat. Um, loved the trial. Loved his last 50 metres of his trial. The latest trial, I think it was Murray Bridge, he was real keen. They went absolutely walking pace, snail's pace throughout the trial. He was keen, but he still finished off his trial really nicely. Um, <clears throat> first up, 1,600 metres or, or fresh, 1,600 metres, no issue off his debut when I loved his last 50 there. And he's a huge price. So you kind of only get one chance to back these horses at mm. a price. Mm. Um, if he comes out and wins this, he starts short in his next seven or eight. So uh, just specking, Reptat. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with Tommy, but I don't want to get too involved here. Lethal Thoughts brings the best form. I'm really concerned <laughs> about second last race of the day, gate one, the way Adelaide's been playing last it week. Does, yeah. Last week, fence late. last week, those ones that drew inside just had next to no chance. Mm. So I'd be treading very carefully if you want to play early mm. with this horse. I'd be holding off and waiting to the day and see how that works out. It'd have to be Johnny Allen at his best, Mr. Morfitt Mill himself. So... He, uh, if, yeah, maybe if the track was playing fair, I might get interested in him. But, mm. um, he, look, he brings the best uh, form lines. Dashing's one against since at Sandown Wednesday. Waltz on by is good enough form for this. But, uh, yeah, the, the track, the way it's playing at this stage of Adelaide, I'll just hold off. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. All things being fair, I think Lethal Thoughts is the mm. clear bet. And, and I'll be with Lethal Thoughts, providing that's the case. So ran that big peak figure last start in the Mornington Guineas. Uh, lovely steer by Blake Shin gets the man of Morfittville himself. That dashing form you mentioned, has mm. been franked at Sandown. Um, yeah, he, he drives this track like his driveway. So I'm keen to, to be on Lethal Thoughts if the track's playing fair. Really good point. Uh, boys, let's head back to school now. It is time for our back to school segment. And 
Tommy, we get to sort of sit back and relax mm. a little bit this week because Mr. Goodwin is coming in to it's take... About time he's got me it is a, It is about time that we One thing he actually knows about. Yeah, we're, Jeez, bl- <laughs> we're going to lean... Yeah, I wouldn't be backing me in. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to lean on your training experience today and we're going to talk about gear changes. So... Uh, Reese, we're going to talk about, I guess, the effect that they can have, what can punters look for, the the yays and the nays, I guess, when it comes to gear changes, what to look for. We'll talk about blinkers on, blinkers off. Uh, we might talk about uh, um, feet and glue-on shoes as well and bar plates and those sort of things. But we might start with blinkers on, blinkers off. What yeah, do they look, mean? It's, the gear changes are just, they're probably underrated and probably not looked at enough, I don't think, and how much these things can change horses and their performance. Um, it was only a couple of days ago I was talking to someone that has has a quaddy and takes a horse in every league that's got a gear change and has had a fair bit of success with it, <laughs> just any gear change, because that's what generally people are trying to do is trying to spark their form and get them somewhere near the best and they probably lob at a price. And so it'd be interesting to know what the stats are like for horses that have you know had somewhat of a gear change and how well they've improved. But um, blinkers on, blinkers off. Uh, blinkers on are generally used to sharpen a horse up, make them more focused, a horse that, you know, Sort of, sort of finds the front and doesn't know how to put a race away and starts shying and having the ears prick the blinkers sort of cup around their eyes and gets them to focus and uh, to find the line a bit more. They can be used um, in certain ways, not just for that. Every horse is different. That's the, the wonderful thing about it. You know, mm-hmm. every gear change, you just think that's exactly what it's used for, but not all the time. Um, so you just got to tread carefully with that. Blinkers on first time, you've always got to allow for a horse to miss the kick because, as we mm-hmm. said, the, 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 the cups are covering sort of their... Um, they can't see behind them, obviously. So some horses will jump when the other horses jump. Mm. Um, so if they don't see the other horses jump, all of a sudden they're slow away. So you've got to be really careful. I think there was a one just recently that I tipped of um, Hayes Boys. Uh, Ollie was on, gee, the name escapes me right now, but she was slow away. You might have found the winner in that race, actually. Mick Price's thing. Jamie, Could be any race, Anavacio. Anavacio, or whatever it's called. Anyway, so yeah, you've got to tread carefully there. Um, blinkers off, you just got to be... Probably watch the replay before and see if the horse has overdone it, um, mm. and that might be, might be the reason for that. The other two you mentioned, glue-on shoes, I would tread very carefully. That's generally a bit of a, a no-no. The, the bar shoes, I feel, are okay. I was going to ask you about this. So feet are obviously vital important. If you've got Huge, short, like... Mm. 500-kilo horse and they're landing on feet. these feet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so in terms of negative gear changes for footwear, you've got bar plates, glue-on shoes you mentioned... Uh, you mentioned glue-on shoes is the most mm. negative. Yeah, definitely. Why is that? Glue-on shoes generally mean that, so they're not whacked in with nails. Yes. So yep. the feet are very sensitive already, yep. which is obviously if they're hitting the ground. So you again, you've got to take in track conditions. If it's a good forward, tread very carefully. If yep. it's a heavy track, there's obviously less concussion on the horse, <coughs> and that's certainly going to help. Um, yeah, so glue-on shoes, probably don't see a lot of it very often these days. A lot of people more go to the bar shoes if they can. So, so what are bar plates? So bar plates... So the shoe always covers just the front part yep. and leaves the heel open. The bar shoes cover the heel, so it gives the full, the whole foot um, some support. Um, so can cut, so the way I look at it, I think I've mentioned it before, when you get a, a bar shoes going on, I look at it as a positive in a way that the trainer has uh, notified that there's something not right and they're actually doing something about it rather than for us punters behind closed doors, the horse going there with a problem and nothing's been done about it, which would be worse. So a lot of punters probably go, oh, this thing's got something wrong with it, but at least the trainer is doing something about it to try and prevent yep. it, you yep. know, getting worse or being, um, getting worse in the run, you know, and, and the horse not letting down. So you just got to, um, you just got to monitor everything 
Um, but I would definitely say glue-on shoes are a lot um, a lot worse than what the, the bar plates are. Just uh, the point about blinkers on and blinkers off. Um, blinkers on, off, you make a great point about horses missing the start first time. They're half a length slow often, but they often race a lot keener mm. and stronger and mm. on the bridle throughout. So if you want a horse to settle closer, even though you might put them back on, you might trump them out in a, a yep. set of blinkers and then yep. put them back on on race day, they'll travel keener. We saw it with the Inferno. Mm. Um, a couple of starts mm. ago, raced incredibly keen, actually ran faster than it has since the Everest yep. in terms of to the 600, just was week late. Yep. I owned a horse, a filly that ran in the Percy Sykes and same thing, she loomed up and she was just so keen that she just ran out of gas late. Mm. Blinkers came off the Inferno last start and he put in a huge, much yep. better performance. Yep. So. so yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you can, you got to monitor when they come off as well because if you can go back and watch that the horse has completely overdone it, and just bottom out the last hundred and probably still run well and then they come off the next start the horse is still going to be mindful that he's had them on yep. but then they've come off and he's not going to be as fired up in the run and, and could probably run at his best and there's probably interesting what the stats are of horses that have had blinkers on first time and then the next run had them off how they go after it that'd be mm. an interesting one to know i think mm. no they're really good points mate and great insight and I think Exolita was the horse you were there thinking you of before Thank you, that, mate. with the blinkers Thank on you. and missed and the step. And Adam it probably stoked. should have beat the one you did. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, <laughs> a long time ago now. Yeah, I know. Like he's, it's good to see I've got Build a Bridge and got over <laughs> he, that. He <laughs> has. He's remembered every tip he's ever <laughs> given on the show. I was, with, I was with you too. I'm back to yeah, yeah, that's right. Exolita yeah. ran third that day. Oh, yeah, she charged her. She charged her. I think she, first two in running were one of the, fir the first two yeah, home and she yeah, charged from out the yeah. back. Yeah. 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 Road to Arataki. Um, yeah, let's go to <coughs> Scone now, boys. Is thanks, there a country meeting there? Thanks for that, Reese. No, we've got a very nice black type meeting here. Tommy's really keen How on a few. A, he told me in the message last night, he goes, I'm keen on Scone. How about <laughs> last week a certain bookmaker might have had Kembla Grange as the metro meeting instead of Gosford? Whoops. And Saw that. made the mistake there. That's Whoops. interesting. Labin. So it can happen. Mm. The trainee was so on the app. don't joke about this. No, exactly. It might be a touchy subject. <laughs> yeah. Um, boys, Scone, let's talk about the track to start with. Um, I'm not sure what the weather's doing up there, but it's a soft five at the moment. The rail's plus three. They've also got eight races there on Friday for Scone Cup Day. So how, that, how does that mm. affect when there's a race day, <clears throat> the day before another feature race day like this with a 10 race car? Well, you'll get an idea of pattern. Off on the inside, it'll be chopped out, and they might get wider and wider. Uh, I've done the form thinking it'll be soft five, maybe good four. The weather's okay. Uh, I think they'll be blending into the race wider and wider. Mm. So I think from memory, like I just remember sitting at home on Saturdays and watching the last races at Scone, and they are not getting right out wide, but the fence is no good, and there's always something fence. making good ground laid out wide. Mm. Yeah, so and the beauty of these, meaning you can go back and watch the last mm. five years, and pattern's crucial. So... You know what the track's going to do, and you can find money and an edge that way as well. Is that something you do at, um, with your form, Tommy? Is like when you see these feature meets come to somewhere like Scone, you'll go back and actually look at the vision, or will there just be some statistic stuff that you look at for like rails in run or where the where the winner won from? Or you is can it do just both. Vision? Yeah, um, database will tell you the pattern, what's profitable generally across the board. But even you look at Warnable, Warnable, if <coughs> the rain doesn't come on the Tuesday, inside leaders, we saw it again. Yep. Leaders early, and then they get wider and wider. Yep. Usually get softer and softer. You know the patterns established, so you can back leaders with confidence early at the ball, and then come if you're having a bet on Thursday race six, you want to be back and wide or wide basically. Yep. Well, we'll know the pattern by race five, which is the listed Hortensia Stakes. <clears throat> so that will be the thirteenth in two days. Um, if my math is, serves me correctly there, <laughs> over eleven hundred metres. Uh, Volpine won the race last year for Brad Whitup. Now. 
He's at Speed City in this race. You got Malkovich, um, outstanding return at listed level in the Hawkesbury Gold Rush, beat home Andermatt, who gets a small weight swing here. Quantico, Dehorn, Unicorn, and 11-11 all present first up as key market chances as well. Tommy. Uh, yeah, plenty of speed, as you said. Uh, Tommy, two play here, but I'm saving one of them. Oh, I'm pretty keen, Quantico. Mm. Dead set, firm tracker. He's won seven of 14, but seven of 11 on good tracks. So he's a dead set, dry tracker. I think he's the best horse in the race. I was with Malkovich first up. It was a, a strong win. Uh, he'll be the lead. There's a bit more pressure here. I think Quantico can get off the fence. Barry three is the query. Um, my main query is Jason Collette here. Mm. And that's, he's a good jockey, but he's won two of his last 50. Mm. He's not riding well. and he, So he's due. He might be due. Or that's that's another way. <laughs> due you for a get, big day. You get these jockeys on the up. He should be riding more winners than he is because a lot of these jockeys are in South Australia. They're in Queensland. He had a nasty tumble during the week too, didn't he? One shot off on the corner. At yeah. So, my, but my biggest concern with him, you've got Quantico drawn three. Jazzy Collette struggles to look left. He re- hunts the fence at every opportunity. Comes Fence might not be the place to be. I just want him to get off fence, let the best horse come down the middle and work home. And if he does that, I think he'll be winning. I think he'll relish the speed up front and he'll be charging late on the firm track. So I'm with Quantico number three here and I want to save Makovic. Yep. Um, I don't want to lose if he wins. He's the, the front runner I want to be on. Yep. I'm uh, I'm going to side with Malkovic in this race. I, I love the return um, at listed level in that Hawkesbury Gold Rush, which I prefaced earlier. Um, and I like the fitness edge as well, just that one run under the belt. Josh Parr gave, I think it was Josh Parr rode Malkovich last start, gave him gave an absolute peach of a ride up he front, almost up front. almost bullied them into like this false sense of security where you thought, everyone thought, oh, Malkovich is going to go really mm. fast and I'm not going to get caught up in this speed battle. And it was actually it was actually quite an even clip in the end. So, um, you know, I, I really liked the return. I think bounce off that and uh, I think Malkovich is a good bet. Just, just on that, mm. uh, negative, and no knock on Rachel King, but negative jockey change. Mm. Josh Parr is the best. Josh Parr and Tim Clark are probably the two best front-running riders, yeah, and you that. go to Rachel King, who can, that's probably her downside, is judging tempo up front. Mm-hmm. So, negative. He's had a fair whack at these Sydney jockeys, hasn't he? Negative. Oh, yeah. She hasn't missed in the pipeline. No, I love, <laughs> I think Rachel's a great rider. I just think Josh Parr's a brilliant front-runner. Yep. On leaders, yes. I, I yep. completely agree with that yep. comment. I'm, I'm going to start with Quantico, and I've been a bit of a fan of him. He was he won very well first up off 336 days. Last prep. Now, we say last prep, but he actually hasn't had long off. I, I know you've touched on Malkovich having the bit of fitness, but you watch his last run was 4th of March. Uh, he's had a trial, so he hasn't had long between runs at mm. all. I just thought, so he won very well off 336 days. Next two runs might have been a bit below his best. They've gone back to freshen him up. He's been back to the trials. You couldn't not see him through the line in the Giga Kick trial. He was humming <laughs> through good, the line. Pretty good trial. Nashra Willa was, I think it was Nash. Uh, yeah, Nashua yeah, Willow was yep. absolutely swinging off him. And if you're trolling, if you're pulling off sectionals late behind Giga Kick, you're trolling well. So uh, A fit Giga Kick too. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, I, I'm just going with him, no doubt about it. I'm not even going to save on Malkovich. I'm just going to go chips in Quantico. Just um, hope Colette. Back my man Collet in. Well, I'm just thinking, what about this for a scenario? Middle of the day, second day at Scone. If they're all already getting away from the fence, can he just stay inside the main group and still maybe be in the middle of the track? Yes, possibly he could. I'd or you just want the horse to get I'd wide, no matter what. Collect, put the left blinker on, and just knock him down and get, get him out. into clean air. 
and let him come because if he's he does that and gets caught up in What's traffic, that? I'm going to be filthy. If he so. comes inside and is in the, the quicksand, oh, I'm off him. Is he wanting the bubble chica? What's yeah, he, he wants something. Is, is that I another gear change? Blinkers. That Tommy I think he could... just wants him to have blinkers <laughs> on so he switches <laughs> on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, nice boys. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to race number eight, which is the Luskin Star Stakes now. And uh, Godolphin have won three of the last five of this race, actually. And my favourite, my favourite horse, boys, Osborne Bulls, kicked off that record back in 2019. I loved Aussie Wasn't Bulls. Wasn't he good horse? Yeah, Rainier and Trekking have also Never won the race. Never oh, I can't remember where I was when he won up the straight. I yeah. think I might have been at Kerrang oh, or something like I that. I was on the grandstand. I was at the top of Flemington. <laughs> Hugging friends. Anyway, uh, Waihaha Falls, Opal Ridge, Titanium Power, Tamerlane are your first four in the market. Outside of this leader, though, which is uh, I see is Titanium Power, I found that race actually quite hard to map, Tommy, hoping you could uh, perhaps shed some light for yeah, us. Yeah, I think Titanium Power is a clear leader. Mm. Uh, Tamerlane will be handy. Purple Sector's got a bit of speed in his day. Uh, I think that's where the speed ends, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, not a huge tempo in the race. I found it very open. I think the market's got it pretty much spot on. I mean, I can make... Well, Haha Falls very good behind Velana. Velana would be favourite here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it went very slowly here. Velana ran the fastest 1,800, 600 of the day. The fastest four and two of the race. Couldn't have done any more. Um, brilliant run. Is a horse that's shown a lot more ability and should have won more than four races. He's, you go through that record for a horse of this bit of talent, you start to wonder, but it just comes down to his racing pattern. He's mm. a back marker, and that's what they do. Um, low percentage plays. Wide barrier might work for yeah, him. Yeah, well, the way the day um, turns out. couple of others. Opal Ridge, back to firm surface. Key, uh, being competitive in Group 3 company. That's what I, I wanted to ask you. Sorry to interrupt, but that's the one I wanted to ask you about. She's got a good heavy track form, but she's hasn't missed a frame in all her good track runs. You think maybe she is actually better? Yep. She, like, she gets through the heavy track, but... She is possibly better on top of the ground. I think it's a case of she gets through the wet tracks better than her rivals, even though she's not brilliant. Mm. Um, I think just, she, yeah. just how the last run looked. She sort of presented and didn't quite get through it as well as some of the others. She but still, it still tried hard. That's a really interesting point when you when you're looking at that and you can look on face value, good track versus heavy track. This is where ratings really yeah, come yep. in in handy, Tom. I'd imagine as a form analyst around this stuff. Yeah, correct. And she still found the line well last start. The yeah. last two hundred still rated quite well as well. So, but I just think Group Three company on heavy tracks, back to a firm track. Mm. Um, I think she's got to be your chance. In Titanium Power, I can make a case case for blinkers back on. We talk about that. Yep. Um, we talked about gear changes. Blinker's back on 11 to 1300 metres, just looks to get complete control. Um, he won't be slowly away, but even if he is, he's, there's not enough speed. He's, so he'll race keenly mm. up on speed. He'll give a great sight. Tamerlane Airborne. So, uh, but late prep Godolphin now. Oh, it's when you race. jump off. Yeah, tough race. Jeez, you've stolen all my thunder there because I'm with Titanium Power <laughs> at a one by three play, and you've you've basically just read my script. Yeah. Oh, there Blinkers go. back on eleven to thirteen hundred. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have every chance. We might have to start letting you speak first. Perhaps, but this is this is why Tommy's on the big bucks here as our form analyst. You <laughs> see, a, as so, I said, I'm on a week to week contract yeah, here at Buffet. The, the best Better part, than daily of, one. <laughs> the best part of hosting is there's all care, no responsibility. <laughs> so you get to really cheer home yeah, your winners, yeah. and if you lose, I'm just the host. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but Titanium Power, I think, is a, is a great bet. And uh, you speak of back markers and percentages when you see a clear mapped leader in a race like this with blinkers back on at, you know, you're getting a really good each-way price. It's a one-by-three play every day for me 
boys. Are you having a bet in the race race? No, no, not at all, to be honest. I was, if Opal Ridge maybe gets out in the market for some reason, gets closer to $6 and the track's playing um, to make up some some ground, I might be with her. I, I was interested in her, but I don't think I want to I want to be betting just yet. Yep. Uh, let's head to the feature on the card, race number nine, the Group 3 Dark Jewel Classic 1300. Uh, bring the Ransom, Rocker Clock and Irithea are your last three winners. Now, uh, Expat, French Bonnet, Short Shorts and Reduna from Barrier 1 will kick up and be handy as well. So there's a little bit of speed there, Tommy. How are you assessing this one, mate? Yeah, there is um, enough pressure here. As you said, Expat, Short Shorts, Reduna, um, Fine Point, French Bonnet, Oakfield, Arrow in behind them. Enough enough pressure. Eight of these come through the Hawksby Crown. Mm. And outside the winner, it was a real bunch finish. Uh, I don't like that at all going forward. But there isn't much else in the race. I mean, you've got... Healing Oasis off a of benchmark 78. He bet a few of those quite comfortably there. He's, this is considerably harder. It's a heavy nine as well. This is considerably harder grade from a benchmark 78. I mean, big step up, but he's a horse with huge upside. Oh, tough. Mm. Um, like, Written Beauty was good. Fast between the four and the two. Just peaked late. Wrong part of the track. God, she must be frustrating. She's... The ability she's got and how much she can do wrong She's in, in the start. Yeah, she's got to be. Draw she's 16 be. might be the right part, but... Mm. You like, can't trust her. You'd have to bet in run. You'd have to see her begin with them. I mean, the amount of time she's bundled to start three or four starts and she flashes home and you go, can't wait to be on her next start. She still does the same thing. Mm. My advice here Flashing is to life. lay never mm. talk in any race this horse ever competes in. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I love that strategy. How good is that? <laughs> Even the three horse race that yeah. um, Reese missed out on acceptance. She might have actually. It. She Vulnerable. might have actually won that because that was a bog. <laughs> an absolute swimmer. But like, it's it's never talks hilarious because it gets wet and she goes from twenties to four dollars twenty mm. and still runs third. Yeah. Like you just yeah. just layer. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have no opinion on this race whatsoever. I'm not getting involved from a betting mm. perspective. Um, I think, yeah, the the two bets there will will see Malkovich and Titanium Power will see me out at Scone. Beautiful. Yep. I've got one other later, but we'll mention it at the best bets. Yeah. Well, yep. let's head to Flemington now because we're just going to preview the feature there, which is the uh, which is the Andrew Ramsden uh, listed race win, and you're into the Melbourne Cup, and it's a you know, a really important race, and we need to talk about it. I think, boys, on this show, we haven't we haven't gone to Flemington yet, which is you know we usually love HQ. Point Nepean won it last year, Realm of Flowers in twenty twenty one, and Ocean X in twenty twenty. Um, Tommy, I might throw to you because I think we're going to be pretty keen on the same horse in this race. We should head to the track, Flemington. We could do well, if it's a nice day. We'll get. You'll be working, mate. You're I'm too busy. Sorry, working. mate. I'm flying to Adelaide, actually. So I <laughs> hope security's yeah. all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you just said yes, Let's... and then you stopped that. I'll, me- <laughs> I'll, meet, I'll meet you on the ninth at nine. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was keen until I looked at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to meet you. All of a sudden, I got something on. Yeah, <laughs> wear right. something nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, race seven. There, as I said, uh, some serious stuff there. Uh, I don't see. White Marlow getting beat here. Uh, pretty keen. Yeah. Um, went at this track and this is last campaign. Last start was just a barrier trial. They went 7.9 lengths slow. I thought they went slower to the 600 than they needed to, and that's probably brought Diagula into the race with a turn of foot over that trip. Now, this horse follows the same preparations last campaign. It won this track and distance third up last campaign. Very similar pattern. 2,800 suits perfectly. They're here to win, peaking on the day to get in the Melbourne Cup, just up on speed, no pressure. Controls very, very hard to beat. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think the best bet on the card at Flemington <clears> for sure. 
Um, and also as well, there was a bit of a headwind down the side that mm, um, was, yep. that day, and there was only Gee, one. Boys are clutching at straws. Only there was one dollar forty. Yeah, but but the horse doesn't know what it was paying. Correct. Like so, the, the market the, did though. Yeah, it was a barrier patrol. <laughs> there was one winner from that entire Packenham meet that led or had no cover that went on to win. So your win sock out there at Packenham Tynong would have showed you that surely. Surely, it wasn't race. That when you said Packenham. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with you, mate. I think White Marlin's the best bet. Third up, peaking. Um, yeah, line up. Yeah. Someone was telling me. Well, yeah, I am. I am. Good. Someone, someone was saying to me the other Put day. Put for us. We'll back <laughs> Someone was telling me the other day he ran something, how slow <laughs> they ran through one of the sections. And I thought, they put a Saturday race on a benchmark 64 card at Packetham and they expected the 64 horses to go quicker than him for most of the race. Anyway, I thought he had, I know it. There's, there's these little excuses that, yes, he didn't go quick enough. Yes, there might have been a bit of a headwind. But boy, Diaglia. Running over the top of him, and you just want to pile in at that price. Good luck to you. Um, I think we're getting a price. I'm happy to take it. Yeah, yeah no, Put that's a price. Well, we'll, yeah, yeah, right. Where would enough. you have him? Uh, bet. I'd have him close to three dollars. Okay, close to three dollars. Well, so put up two sixty, and I'll jump on. <laughs> Go on. This is going to be like the story with your mate at the footy where you stitched him up. Too. Take, <laughs> take me on with Reese Goodwin. New mm. segment. Beautiful. I think he's better. On wet ground, and don't get me wrong, I think Flemington's going to have some sting out of it, but it is a very good drawing track. Um, have you been outside the last week, mate? It's yeah, absolute. I, I know. Flemington have you not? Yeah, have you well. not seen what rain Flemington can yeah. cop? Be a anyway, at let's get to what's probably going to win the race: Luna Flair. Um, <laughs> now she is one that's probably going to win the she race. She is one that's going to improve back on top of firmer ground. It's not going to be firm ground, but firmer ground. And she was two point six behind White Marlin last start. Her run before she should have gone. Not far off. I reckon she would have placed in the Australian Cup. She was horribly checked up the straight there. And before that, she found the line well um, in the blamey. So I think she's great odds. I think they went up, oh, gee, it was, I don't know, closer to double figures anyway. But I think she's... Just I think, check your bet slip, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll get on Betfair. What am I laying and backing? Um, <laughs> but no, I think she's terrific value. Um I think she definitely runs in the top three if she gets clear air. So happy to probably be one by three, treading carefully with that short price favourite in there. But happy to take him on. So happy to lay White Marlin. Happy to back Luna Flair. Love it. Very good. Um, well, let's get into our best bets and our of and our best lays for the weekend, fellas. And we might go around with our best backs for the week. And uh, Tommy, you've got a few there for us, mate. You're um. You just want to jam in about five bets at the end of this show. You're this might bring our percentage down. Oh, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous about this. Over to you. Thanks. I feel the love. Um, <laughs> you guys go. F- nah. uh, um, Scone, race one, I'm keen to play, but I'll get to that in my lays. Uh, race five, I think Quantico mm-hmm. is a very good bet. I am saving uh, Malkovich, but Quantico... Very confident there. Race 10 at Scone as well. Number three, with your blessing. Uh, trialed really nicely. Horse with a good career record. Barrier 20, I don't mind. Come race 10, two-day carnival, wide. Uh, I generally don't like backing back markers late in the day, Sydney Metro. But everything sets up perfectly. Horse with upside, big field, huge tempo. Trialed superbly, good career record, upside, brings good figures each way all day. Race 10, number three, with your blessing. I think Giga Kick wins, race eight, number eight at Dooman. And I think White Marlin wins, race seven, number 10, White Marlin at Flemington. Righto. Um, I don't have to say too much here. Race seven, Flemington, Andrew Ramston, we're laying best lay, White Marlin, best oh, bet. We're lays now, are we? 
It's very keen. Yeah, I don't that, mind it. He's, we're he's, just going Andrew Ramsey. We're going all in in the uh, the Flemington main event. Okay. My best bet for the weekend, well, I've got two. I've got White Marlin, which we already touched on at Flemington. That's my best, one of my best. And the other is Morfittville Race 2, uh, Harley and Rose. It's a horse that I've backed before here. I think I think Harley and Rose is an absolute Harley Davidson, but we just haven't seen the best yet. And uh, obviously was with him last start. He was beaten by Treasureway, who I think you were actually with, Rose. Yeah. Yeah. He costs himself, doesn't he? He, like he does. Yeah. And that was over 1,200. And there's two really, <laughs> there's two big things I really like here. Out to 1,400 mm. metres, he's got a big engine. I think he just... I think he can rattle home a big late sectional, but he also gets um, Lockie Nindorf, the apprentice, off, and he gets a senior hoop in Todd Panawan, which is yep. really, um, you know, a strong left-handed job. He's really going to straighten him up. I think that's a really, you talk about gear changes. Well, Todd Panel's a really important gear change here. So, and you're getting a good price about him too, because mm. he's done a few things wrong. So. Yep. Harley and Rose, um, that's my last throw if he's uh, <laughs> if he doesn't. No more chances. No more chances if he does a few He'll get things the wrong. Next but week, possibly. I think Todd Panels is going to be the key there in 1400 metres um, as my best back. Tommy Lay, best lay uh, for the weekend? I'm, tough week for Lays for me. I'm laying Dipsy Doodle race one. This is a horse that's got a good career record on the up, uh, one last start. But Godolphin getting later in the prep. Um, had all favours last start. Absolutely smashed in betting in the last 30 seconds everywhere. <coughs> Totes, Spefair, just crunched. Controlled the speed. Had It was a wet day, up on speed, first race. Everything went her way. And we saw two horses make ground late that run in doom in race five uh, later. So watch the market there. But I think Saltair can beat it. I think In My Dreams has trialled really well for Mark Newnham as well. Um, I'll be backing Solterra in my dreams and laying Dipsy Doodle a race one. Can I just touch on that? 30 seconds. Was that 30 seconds before advertised start time in Sydney or 30 seconds before the three minutes later that they jumped? <laughs> uh, no, serious question. No, you, no, you, actually, you make seconds. a really good point yeah, because like, a lot of automated clients at Betfair put money in 30 seconds or dribble it in yeah. at certain increments before the that, uh, Yeah, that actually starts. was a serious question. So, no, it's a good, great question. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of both. Okay. Um, but the main crutch was the last 30 seconds, especially on the toe. Yeah. So obviously people are monitoring as the horses are loading. So it's as the last few were going in, not 30 seconds before. And there, there are certain programs that actually can tell you when horses are going in the barriers as well for the automatic clients. So oh, it can get pretty technical mm-hmm. out there. But um, you just sit back and click buttons. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah. Huge go late. But I just thought she had every chance there. Um, my best lay, and I didn't touch on it earlier, I didn't really have one, but I'm willing to lay at this price and I need to pref- and, and I'm going to lay Giga Kick this week, boys. Now I think I agree actually with everything you say, Tommy, around Giga Kick, best horse in the race. But I'm just taking <laughs> Yeah, and best horse in the race this week, obviously as well. <laughs> that, would, that would probably make that. <laughs> but um Unless it's racing overseas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't, 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 the French sprinting form yeah, that Reese right. has touched on you, as well. Be very careful. Um, I just think could be beaten by the track and by the, and mm. by that speed drawn outside. So at a dollar seventy-five at the moment is just far too short. So you're not looking at a stack of liability and if gets in trouble, it's, it's game over, I think. So you'd need a really good ride by, by Willow. So that'd be my lay for the weekend, boys. Great. Just one point I want to touch on before we go. Mm. Um, there's a couple of... People out there that have got huge prices about footy teams and NBA and whatnot, and people are offering cash outs. Best opportunity to jump on Betfair and lay these. It's a great way to trade. Don't take cash out ever without looking at Betfair. And the beauty of Betfair is the USP of laying. Jump on, you can lay. Like if you've got Geelong at a huge price for the premiership, jump on Betfair, lay it, and you're much better off 
um, and it's a smarter way to do it. Was there someone I heard you uh, in the brand like you were saying to back him now at a certain price and you said he'd probably be closer to 30s? Yeah, Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. Probably win out something there. Yes, exactly the same thing. So he was, I think he's 110s at one mm. point or, or Still something. Still get 80s, did you say? Yeah, I think I've, I've had a bit of that and now he's in a 1650 or 17. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's trading at Befe. It's beauty. So if you've got footy teams Geelong, hit $12. Um, we've got like Celtics in the NBA, whatever it might be. What was the crazy one a couple of weeks ago? Was it GWS <coughs> or Gold Coast that hit 41s or something like GWS that? GWS yeah. against Sydney That's hit right, $42. Yeah. There you go. So um, crazy stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Very good, boys. And there's all those back-to-school segments we've done around the green booking and everything that you can go back through and have a yep. look at on uh, Layback with Betfair. But that's all we've got time for. Uh, fellas, it's always enjoyable seeing you two on a Thursday and uh, good luck everyone on the weekend. As always, gamble responsibly and we'll be back next week with Layback. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.